good evening, and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, y'all. It's Suzanne. I'm here with a very special episode of the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast. We have been doing this podcast for over a year and a half now and thought it would be really fun to go back and listen to some of our favorite stories and topics that we've already talked about. So let's hear in our very first episode what our podcast is about. Yeah, because every once in a while we'll get together and mm-hmm. be goofy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Unlike now. Have fun. Yeah. And yeah. eat good food and maybe drink a cocktail mm-hmm. and talk about music and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Music so we thought, well, why not yeah. record it? Exactly. Yeah. So kind of leading what into what this is, is we have a lot of fun just hanging out, talking about stuff, which we're going to do on this podcast. And a lot of times we end up talking about Duran Duran because obviously we all have a great affinity for them and have that in common and have that in common but we love live music we love pop culture we love all kinds of crazy things so that's kind of what we're doing well as you heard we're a group of friends that love to go to shows together and one thing about the shows that we love to talk about are set lists so let's listen to a little chat we had back in episode seven about set lists some of our wishes for set lists as well as some bands that really do it well and Secret October, I've heard via audio. But I'd like recordings. to see Secret October. I would yeah. love to see it. That I think that would make me cry. Yeah. I mean, that would be pretty like, much. Yeah, because oh, that takes you right. Because that, that takes you, you right back to seeing Blue Silver. I yeah, mean, I mean, as the credits are rolling, I mean, I would love to see Secret October or agree. Lonely in Your Nightmare. Yeah. Well, oh man. so speaking of, I mean, you're talking about the song Rio. I mean, we have put it out in the universe. We would love to see Rio in its entirety, including yeah, yeah, yeah. B-sides, because the hands are doing that now. And I, th- I feel like some yeah. of their reservations is they don't want to be nostalgic, but I don't think it's necessarily nostalgic. It's, it's, it's you know, honestly a cash grab. Well, but, sure. it, but it's also, yeah. it's, it's, I think it's a nod to a fan. It's, a, well, it's right. acknowledging a masterpiece, number yeah. one. Yeah. And it's an entirety. So I went and I saw Joshua Tree yeah. last year. We did, yeah. several we did. of us, mm-hmm. because we wanted to see that in its entirety. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. And then the guys, you two, added songs before and after. Yeah. And it didn't take the whole time. But I made a point to go to that. I'm making a point to see Aha do. Hunting high and low in its entirety. And I, you know, I really am hoping and putting it out there that Rio at some point gets played in its entirety. And maybe it's not the whole tour. Maybe it's a handful of dates that we would go to. Oh, we would go to. Oh, <laughs> and we would love it because we want to hear. It's going to happen. <laughs> we, we want to hear Lonely in Your Nightmare. We want to hear My Own Way. I mean, have we heard My oh Own my Way? Oh, my God, no. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's disco at its finest. And then we can see the John, like, dance with it. Probably. The running band dance. Yes, <laughs> But I mean, there's John's Jazzercise. John's, John's Jazzercise. But I mean, that in itself would be just amazing. So I don't even necessarily think it's a money grab, but it's just, it's an experience in its entirety that hasn't happened. And we would love, love, love that to happen. So Stephanie, talk about the cure. There's their legendary changing of the tour in LA. So as some of you may know, the cure just did five shows. I said five shows Mm -hmm. in Sydney Opera House um, this past week Um, in Sydney, Australia, that is. And I have several friends in the cure community. 
um, that heads. were there, Cure Heads, that were at the show. And that is their disintegration is their Rio to put it in terms of people who are not familiar with the cures um, body of work. And you should be because Robert Smith and the guys are geniuses, but to play disintegration in its entirety and play B sides and rarities just to play the music that means so much to so many people for so many reasons, Um, you know, for people to get on a plane and and travel, you know, to another country down under and spend an uh, enormous amount of time on, playing to see these songs live tells you all you need to know about the uh, massive effect that uh, those shows meant to these people and I was so excited and so happy for them but you know that's that's one of the things we're talking about set lists that I really admire about Robert Smith for those of you who don't know um, Robert Smith uh, was a huge David Bowie fan and early on um, when he was a younger uh, you know younger kid going to shows he saw a David Bowie show and it wasn't long enough for him and so he decided that he was going to make sure that his shows were were going to be long shows and the cure play for minimum three hours every night mm-hmm. no set list is the same um i got to experience i've gotten to experience the cure six six times now and we'll do so at acl again this year my favorite cure song is a b-side and it's called this twilight garden and check it out youtube it when you're finished listening to this podcast because it's amazing i like um, cats. But I, I got to hear that song um, twice on the last Major Cure show three years ago. And I welled up, mm-hmm. um, tears in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, a B-side. I mean, it's just, I can't even explain to you how important that was to hear for me and how amazing that was. And I'm somebody that does not want to know what the set list is going to be. So the element of surprise was just magic. For that to happen was just magic. We love to talk about the actual music as well. Check out this clip from episode 12 where we talk about the lyrics and how we learned a lot of new vocabulary through Duran Duran music. Well, with the idea that we've talked about how our vocabularies were built around some of these words, there are things not just gorging your Sanhedrinite, but I learned about Tel Aviv and Israel Mm -hmm. because of the song Tel Aviv. I learned words like, and Dee and I were talking about this earlier, megalomania mm-hmm. and discord and desolate. Desolate. Thank you. Um, Tyson Ritter's in a movie called Desolate that's coming out soon. <laughs> and I'm like, I know what that means. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, just like this deep, like 20 year old university student vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I have built my love of, you know, I teach freaking reading. Right. You know, I mean, this has been an important part of making but, me who I am, are these words in these songs. But so. you weren't 20 when you heard these. No, I was a child yes. in that formative, like, 12, 13-year-old brain that was learning and absorbing, absorbing all this stuff. Yeah. And it was, like, forming who I am. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's exactly what happened. I became a word yeah. sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. And then we were talking about, you know, the Nightboat video. Oh, yeah. You know, the Shakespearean, the soliloquy. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is amazing, you know, just just to hear. So, yeah. And honest to goodness, I can't remember why I walked into the room, but I can quote that soliloquy from Mm -hmm. the Nightboat video. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like ingrained in my brain. 
Well, I'm not sure if you guys know, but we live in Austin, Texas, and it's a pretty great place to live, especially for music. A few years ago, when John put out his book, he came to Austin to do a book signing, and it was such an amazing night that we took a whole episode to talk about it. So back in episode 13, we talked about the book signing that happened. Let's listen to a little sample of that now. I met UD that day for the first time. I remember you were, yeah, I met D the first time that day. I think you introduced us. And I remember she was, she had her lawn chair and her and her brother were first in line (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we got there early. We all met at, we all met at Jody's house and we caravanned over to the Scottish Rite Theater here in Austin. When we got there, we were like, oh, we, we kind of, you know, drove by first to see how the line was. was, And there was, there was Miss D. (laughs) In her lawn chair, right up. Was I screaming? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, and and we got there a couple of hours beforehand. I know that much. Yeah, I don't even remember what time it's. I I mean, I remember you saying you've been there for a while. We've been there for a while, and and Valerie was was with me as well. My friend Valerie. Hey Val. Yeah, the three of us were there because I I was I was hell bent on getting there early, and I was surprised actually when we got there that 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 no one else was there. I was like, okay, all right. First in line. Yes. Heck yes. So yeah. Uh, and and then I remember, you know, when they op- when they finally opened the doors and we're going in and I was sitting in the front row and Val and I were just like fangirling and, and going, Oh my god, we're in the front row, we're gonna he's gonna be like right there, he's gonna be right there. And yeah, so that was uh, that was that was fun when he when he came out. <laughs> It was over. It was it was done. Yeah. It was done. I don't even I remember, remember we were coming out. we were I remember yeah. being in the second row and so <clears> I wasn't <throat> directly behind D. I was in the second row to her left. And I remember specifically looking at D kind of I just met this girl, but she pretty much embodied like what I must have looked like and I know what everybody else in the room looked like. She had this perma grin <laughs> on her face. And there was just this aura and this just sense of like bliss I like to use that word a lot but there was literally like if bliss had a aura or a feel or a face it was that room Mm -hmm. and I just remember like I would have I didn't want to be anywhere else but in that room with these people because they get it and just the sure sheer enjoyment and happiness that everyone brought Um, and we didn't know like this is the first time that you know something like this had been done you know so we didn't know what to Expect. It didn't really matter. John could have just come out and sat in the chair for all we cared. We, you know, John Taylor was here, but um, the 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 afternoon slash evening was was incredible. Just the interaction that he had with the audience and the stories that he told. I know. I remember he read a couple of excerpts from the book, and then him and Margaret would talk about it. I remember he took a couple of questions. I remember audience yeah. members answering questions, and just uh, the engagement was incredible. Our love for Duran Duran has influenced many parts of our lives. Listen to this clip from episode two, where we talk about how they've influenced our taste in music as well as art. Influences to Duran Duran opened up my perspective and view and um, tastes in music to folks like David Bowie, Roxy Music, Chic, you know, some of these folks I knew who they were, others I did not. The Sex Pistols, The mm-hmm. Clash. Yeah. I mean, you know, 12, 13 years old, you know, that that opened things up 
pretty drastically and I, I, I was exposed to all these different artists and I loved it. It was amazing. You know, again, like I said previously, growing up in a household that appreciated music, all different types of music, I would say country music, not as much, but for the most part, all different types of, of music and, and for you know, hearing about Duran Duran's influences and obviously wanting to know everything <laughs> and and go, okay, so they were really influenced by Roxy Music. Okay, so who's Roxy Music? I, I want to I listen to them. I want to hear, you know, and I remember hearing Avalon and it was just like, oh, man. I've listened to it again recently and it's like, oh, my God, that's like an angel right yeah, there on this album, right. that whole album. And, and David Bowie, I mean, don't even get me started with, with that. But it was other, other areas as well, like art. And, um, you know, Basquiat and Keith Haring and, um, you know, all these other artists that, yeah, and Warhol, of course, and, you know, learning about them (laughs) and and just wanting to understand. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm still a massive Keith Haring fan to this day. I, I love, I love his stuff. He's one of my favorite artists. And, you know, just that really kind of made up the person who I am and just opened up culturally a lot of different avenues for me. Uh, On the sort of humorous side, it also gave me an affinity for British accents. Um, Again, to this day, anyone that I hear with a British accent, I am immediately drawn to because I just, it's just, it's Duran Duran. I mean, it's like, it doesn't matter what, whether it's, you know, Birmingham or, you know, someone like Elizabeth Hurley, you know, from, you know, sort of more refined accent to Cockney or, you know, whatever it is. I just, I love it. I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. As I was pulling together this collection for our compilation episode, I decided I wanted to throw in my favorite story. So I'm a Roger girl and listen now as I talk about one of my favorite days of all times. So when Duran are in our town, sometimes we go hang out kind of downtown in areas that they could possibly be. (laughs) And so three years ago, we were having happy hour downtown, visiting, getting ready for show the next day. This was the day before the show. I was going to have to leave happy hour because I actually had a meeting up at church. So I'm walking out to my car and Roger Taylor is walking down the sidewalk. So I quickly run to my car. Start putting the top down to let our listeners on the podcast know my my, my car at the time was a hard top convertible. So it kind of looked like a transformer, like all the little pieces would like go down. And every boy that ever saw it was very fascinated. So Roger saw the hard top going down in the car. And I also had been listening to Paper Gods. So Pressure Off was the song that was playing. So I just kind of turned it up. And I turned around. Just casually turned it up. And I turned around and he was literally like 10 feet behind me. So I waved and I pointed at the radio. And I said, Roger, hi, I'm getting ready for your concert. And that's all I was going to say. And then kind of go do my thing. And he walks over and he was like, nice car, good song. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) And he's like, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I have a meeting at church. And he's like, well, is the W Hotel on the way to your church? I want to go to Urban Outfitters. And I'm like, "Mm, yes. And he's like, will you drop me? And I'm like, it is nowhere near. Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, Roger it was technically... could have been going anywhere, and it was technically on the way to my church. You know, anyways, he I, he asked for a ride. I say, certainly, get in the car. So he gets in the car, and get in the car right now. <laughs> he seatbelts himself in my car. So safety first. Safety yeah. first. So I'm driving. Except for the stranger danger. Yeah. yeah. So I'm driving, and all my friends are like, you know, if you get to talk to the guys, just be cool. So I'm in my mind. I'm like, I gotta be cool. And so I'm like trying to be a tour guide. You should go to South Congress. You should go do this. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying Austin stuff. And so then I go, and by the way, um, your taxi fare is a selfie when we get there. Because I was like, I'm going to throw this in. He's like, okay. So he agreed to the picture. So then he goes, well, what's your meeting? And I'm like, oh, it's a recovery meeting. And he's like, I'm sober. Are you sober? And I'm. And at this point, we knew JT was sober, but we didn't know Roger was also sober. And I'm like, well, um, yes, but my issue is food. And I said, and it's at church. So Jesus is my higher power. So I'm telling a rock star about Jesus, driving my car, not wrecking. And so then we get to our destination, which was a few blocks away. And I pull over in a safe place, like safety still is first. I pull over in a parking area as he's about to leave. Like we take a picture and I actually made him take it because I didn't like my angle. And so he took it and I let him out of the car. We said our goodbyes and I I didn't stop him. (laughs) So then... I drive around the corner and I text my friends who are back at happy hour and then go on to my Bible study and I'm not hyperventilating. I make it safely in my Bible study. Now, a couple of the girls here were there. Do y'all want to pick up on the second half of the story that I was not there? I think all three of them. Oh, the, the three. Deanna, Jenny, and I were all yeah. there. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know whose phone pinged first or if they all actually Simultaneously, I think. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> looking at my phone and like trying to figure out what the hell just happened here. Yeah. Yeah. But I believe in my figuring it out. Nothing but a squeal came out of my mouth. I think we all simultaneously opened up our phones at the same time because we thought it was strange that all of our phones would go off at the same time. So what is this message that all of us got at the same time? We opened it up and I think we screamed at the same time. I started laughing uncontrolled, like this weird freak out laugh Uh that I got that night. I'm sure I fell on the floor. I'm sure. That or the margarita, one or the two. Yeah, Yeah. multiple margaritas. Combination. That was. We were at happy hour. That was one of like the best moments. I mean, you had just had the best moment, but I think our reaction to how happy we were for you was like. Mm. I mean, I've never felt that feeling ever, and I haven't felt it since then. Mm -hmm. So at that point, that was great. Truly, when you're when your people, your persons, or your tribe or your gang, your lady gang, whoever it is that you are close with has a moment and you know how much it's going to mean to them and for it to happen. Um, and you weren't necessarily expecting it to happen so soon. Uh, we were just so elated. I mean, it's almost like there was a scream and this, I think we probably started hugging each yeah. other for you. Because <laughs> you, know, you weren't there. And, we um, were making such racket. Yeah, security to the point where security came around. Sure. There 
everybody wanted to know what was going on, but we were just in such a, well, like I like to call happy place celebrating the fact that you got to meet Roger. So, um, that is still so one of my favorite meeting. Roger. Yeah. Not yeah. just, not, not just meeting Roger, but for it to happen. <laughs> like that that type of yeah. That yes. personal moment to actually be the sure, the sure, the sure, sure. I was literally for, sure. for Roger is incredible. And it's, it's probably one of my favorite grand stories in the history of ever. And it's not even my story. Yeah. Um, so what but, happened when you ran into yeah. him later on? And we, 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 we <laughs> run into him later on and, um, we, I kind of motion him over and, um, we have a chat amongst the group and I pull out the picture and I'm like, what's this stranger danger? <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, that's she, that's our friend Suzanne. She's with us. And he was like, oh, okay. And, and, um, so yeah. And then didn't he say, well, she had a cool car. Yeah, she had a cool car. Her so. car was very cool. Yeah. Her car was very cool. So yeah. yes. Yes. And I mean, and right, I'm a Roger girl. He was my favorite like all along. And so I tell my mother later and she was very concerned. She's like, you picked up some strange man. I'm like, the strange man that you saw his face on my wall from I mean what years like for years and years I was like he was in more danger of me than I was <laughs> and clearly it was just all just love and just Texas hospitality you know so we, we had a great That's time right. so yeah. Roger or any other guys when y'all are in town I will definitely take where you Wait, wherever you want to go two of you have been chauffeurs of specific people so far so I think that all of us are willing to drive yeah. into yeah. Yeah. Picked up Sheik at the airport. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So Stephanie has <laughs> at the airport. Okay. Well. Not everyone in Sheik. Close <laughs> enough. <laughs> 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 there was no section that works. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, we get the pleasure to speak to a special guest. Check out this clip from episode 17, where Jerry Barnes, the bass player of Sheik, tells us a little insight on the behind the scenes of the music business. But in our podcast, so, we love music. Yeah. And you are a professional musician and yeah. you love music. So that is something we just want to pick your brain about. About music. About, about music life. and how you got into this and what you mm. love to do. And I don't know. So you, talk you to You guys just heard me on a phone call. Yeah. Um, dealing with an artist that I have been working with for 10 years. I just got him signed to BMG. His name's October London. He wrote the theme for Martha and Snoop and he was on Empire and you know, a lovely kid from Indiana, and I love him as a as just a creative. So you just heard me talking to someone incorporated about how to do the splits, side. like and yeah. you know, and that's yeah. like you know, when I, we were talking yesterday, I was trying to say that like my phone, I don't really have a day off, like people think. Like you know, I have relatives in different cities, and I usually <laughs> only see them at the gig, at the meet and greet. I've been freelancing my whole life, so this is. A part of the normal part where you do the paperwork, the registrations, and we're in, we're uh, with BMG. Mm-hmm. His uh, agreement is with TV and film, which is which is exciting to me because the traditional music business, as we know it, it's changing. Yes. Well, not only is it changing, it's become disposable. Yeah. So anyone can put their music out. Um, SoundCloud and all kinds of YouTube. It, a lot of great artists. Uh, are are not known or not heard or not noticed because their marketing is not attached to either a Samsung commercial or Apple commercial, whatever. Yeah. So I'm excited to deal with TV and film because it's a different kind of rejection. Musicians have to deal with rejection. 
Artists have to deal with rejection on a level that the average human being does not understand. Because you put your whole soul from your soul in a song. When I was a kid, you know, it, it was like your record didn't sell. And you didn't make the charts. So you went up the, you're watching the charts and you didn't go, but so far. And then all that work, sort of, you got to move on to the next one. It's rejection. And the few artists like Prince or Michael who have these big records and a roll of hits, it's, it, there's, a, there's a mysterious part about it that's not just their talent. Because many artists have talent. It's the timing, the look, the style. It's an unknown thing that nobody could ever convince me they know what a hit is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you can just and one amazing thing about this journey is that we do get to meet such incredible, talented people. We were able to sit down and chat with Jerry Barnes. During that interview, he was able to introduce us to a very special guest. So take a listen to this. Hi, Niall. <laughs> can you hear? Can you hear now? Yeah, I okay. can hear you. Okay. Oh my gosh. This is Stephanie and Suzanne. And um, we actually physically met you two years ago when you were in San Antonio on the Q&A. And we talked to you about Duran before the show. And you, I think Suzanne introduced us as Durannies and you said that makes us she gets as well. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so we've run into you at South by Southwest as well. This earlier this year, we started a part, a podcast called Terry Ice Cream Smile Podcast. Um, and we talk about everything from live shows to our favorite bands to interactions to, I mean, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, um, just all kinds of things that we've talked about. Um, we're 16 episodes in. We're here talking to Jerry today. What's your question, Suzanne, as well, too, what you had asked? We know that Duran had heard your work with NXS, and that's what piqued their interest. But we were wondering, you know, how it was reciprocal. What piqued your interest to work with them? Oh, I, I had already loved Duran. I mean, by the time they had contacted me, um, they had had... Um, uh, a number of songs that were real uh, rump shakers on the dance floor. And, and they had a style about them that I already dug. So when they called me, it was sort of, uh, what took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, I just, uh, we just actually saw the NXS um, Life from Wembley was in movie theaters across the U.S. Um, on the 9th. You were credited with, uh, you know, they mentioned you, and I took a screenshot of that for Original Sin. And so every time I hear Original Sin, I think of you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and what a masterpiece. And I think I also touched um, and let you know that Reflex was my first 12-inch uh, single that I ever owned. And so thank you for that. Yep. And, and we, so we so we go back. We, we go back. I mean, and we 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 talk about you on the podcast all the time because we love you. We call you the Godfather. <laughs> and Don Corleone. And yeah, everything yes. stems back. We could probably trace something Duran related back to you, Niall. So, yeah. and we actually just came out with our 16th episode, and we did a video vault where we kind of analyzed different videos and we touched on pressure off. And um, we love you in that video. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so thank much. You for for, yeah, we're so excited about tonight, yes. too. It's going to be awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I mean, look, Duran, I often say, is my other band. I yes. Mean, it's, it's pretty obvious that, that I work with them more than any other artist um, that I've ever worked with. So I look at them as my second chic. I, I mean, you know, they, they, I, I, I don't even know how to say it. It's almost like talking about your family. They, they are, I'm closer to them, especially John Taylor and, mm -hmm. and uh, Simon, but 
John specifically, uh, more than anyone. John was the guy I met first, and he was the guy I met second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we acted, I mean, if you've heard them talk, you know, they, we acted like fools. <laughs> <laughs> we ran around the arena. Uh, they were on tour with uh, Blondie, and this is when Buster Poindexter was doing really well. So oh, gosh, actually, yes. He was the headliner. Oh, wow. So can you imagine that? I mean, That's Buster cool. Poindexter was the headliner. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and throw Blondie in the mix. rock and roll. He's fickle, right? It just changes all the time. All you got to do is have that big record, and bam, you're the headliner. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Well, this is so awesome. We're so glad you're in Texas, and we're excited maybe that you're going to be in Austin in a few short months, South by. We heard a rumor you're going to come talk again there, so. Yeah, we'll be there again this year because, you know, we've way surpassed what we imagined our uh, songs fund would do. That's awesome. Um, you know, we're over a billion dollars now, and it's wow. just incredible. Do, does that does that mean um, we get different shoes for the next gig? <laughs> I know, I have the new shoe. I'm only wearing shoes now. I was like, oh, he's, the, he's the Tracy Chapman of shoes. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I appreciate the, the, the yeah. minute, man. These, these, right. They're good people. And um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Thank right, you so you much, Niall. Bye. 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 Later. Well, there you have it. That was the godfather, Niall Rogers, who is one of our very favorite people ever. And we were so excited to talk to Niall and so excited to talk to Jerry and just so excited to share this with you guys. This podcast really is for the fans. We're all fans. We love getting together and catching up and talk about music and talk about all of the things going on in our lives and just talk about our favorite band. So please continue to listen to the podcast. We would love if you would give us a review, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and come out to our Instagram page. There's fun posts happening all the time, and we love to interact with all of you guys. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and encourage you to go back and check out the earlier episodes. We are so excited to get together and bring our thoughts and our wishes and our hopes for this band and for music going in the future. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast. We are so glad you could hang out with us for a while. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and you can even find us if you ask Alexa. Make sure to also follow our Instagram page too. See you again real soon.